at the Commonwealth Center for Holistic Herbalism in Boston, Mass. Uh, today I'm in Naoma, West Virginia, with some really cool people who I want to introduce you to in just a minute. Uh, but first, I just want to get our shout-outs to Anna, who is making pine needle tea. Nice. One of my favorites. Um, a lovely person whose name we don't know on the Podbean app, who is also anaphylactically allergic to cannabis. So Katya is feeling solidarity with you. Um, Marissa, who gave us some questions about burdock, and we're going to get back to you, I hope. Uh, Wild Bergamot, who I think is also known as Monarda, and who wrote us a review on iTunes and is apparently totally addicted to the podcast. Uh, don't worry, that's treatable. And Grace Ann, who shared her story with us after listening to episode number 38. Thank you very much. Also, Sherry, who's looking for Ghostpipe. And this is a good time to just remind you, in case you're new to the podcast, that Ghostpipe is an at-risk plant, and it's important to harvest very carefully and conservatively, and that you only need one or three drops of tincture per dose, because a tiny bit goes a long way. Okay, and then finally, a shout-out to Abon7, who has questions about starting an herbal business. Well, we have answers for you. Uh, first of all, we have a nine-month business mentorship program that you might love kicks off every year in mid-January, and you can find out about it on our website at commonwealthherbs.com business. Plus, we're doing a free live webinar about starting an herbal business on November 20th for the AHG. You can get all the details on their website, americanherbalistsguild.com. Whew, okay. So, hi there. Hi. Hi. Um, let's... Uh, introduce you. So here we have Maureen and Hannah and Lauren from Herbal Medics West Virginia. And uh, it's nice to see you guys again. This is year three. Yeah, year three. three? Yeah. 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 Very We're excited. really excited to have you guys back. Yes. Yeah. Right on. So maybe y'all could tell me just a little bit about yourselves, your connection to Naoma Whitesville, this, this part of the state, Coal River Valley, um, and a little bit about what you get up to when you're not herbal medicing and running free clinics for folks. Who wants to start? You can start. Okay. I think it's you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. this is Maureen. Um, so my connection to this area is that I uh, moved here, not actually Naoma, but just a few miles down the road in Rock Creek. Um, gosh, almost 10 years ago now and lived here for a couple years um, working with a community organization and also working on some anti-mountaintop removal campaigns and since then because I don't do that anymore I moved to the northern part of West Virginia where I've been studying herbalism um, a lot of my studies have been through Herbal Medics uh, Academy now mm -hmm. and I'm an apprentice midwife these days so I spend a lot of time uh, trying to figure out where babies are located and people's tummies and <laughs> yeah. giving nutritional counseling and herbal counseling and things like that. <laughs> you had a couple that were maybe going to come out this weekend, but it seems like they're holding off so far. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm on call. Sorry if I have to run. Right on. <laughs> cool. 
Hannah? Yeah, hi, I'm Hannah, and um, I got involved with Coal River folks through Jen and Maureen um, probably about four years or so now when I started working with Aurora Lights. Uh, we did a lot of the water relief during the Elk River chemical spill uh, back in 2014. Hmm. Yeah, so we were delivering water down here because these folks were at the end of the line for the water relief. Um, so they weren't getting any, and we decided to bring water from Morgantown down here. And that's how I started to meet folks down here. And um, Jen and Maureen had been involved with the mountaintop removal for a while. So it's really nice to get back in the community and do these herbal clinics because this is what our focus is on now through our um, relief efforts, I guess. Um, not really, but um, more of our giving back. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm up in Morgantown, and I've been studying herbalism for about four years now um, through Sam Kaufman with Herbal Medics and through Ren and Katya with their online classes, which are absolutely amazing, and I love them. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, and the podcast. I love the podcast. Too. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's really great to be back here for our third year. I'm excited that we got to come back. Nice. Nice. Lauren? Awesome. Um, I'm Lauren, and I am somewhat of a latecomer to the whole gig here. I started coming down to volunteer at the uh, clinics down here, and I've just been really very pleased to see the number of people that we've been able to help and, uh, and just giving back to a community that really may not have as many resources. So it's amazing to be able to come down here and provide some assistance for people in the area that really need it. It's uh, a really great thing to do if you're going to do any kind of work making it be positive and to, you know, bring some good things into your community is really great. Yeah. And when you're, and when you're not here, you're doing animal rescue, yeah? Yes. I, I run a nonprofit, Appalachian Peace Paws Rescue. We're based out of Morgantown and I'm, I'm starting to do a little bit of work, um, using herbs on animals, not a whole, whole lot, but I'm, I'm really getting into it and, and looking forward to talking to Ren more about, uh, ways that I can incorporate that and kind of blend my interests. Um, with studying herbalism to also helping out my animals as well. Yeah, yeah, we had a good chat earlier about that, but definitely some more on that should be, should be coming. Sure. Um, right on. Well, uh, let's see. Uh, Mo and Hannah, you both mentioned the mountaintop removal situation, and I wonder if you could give like a brief talk about that to some folks on the podcast and maybe talk about where we're staying right now. Sure. All right. I'll I'll give it a go at being concise here uh so i mean it's a big story you know but... <laughs> disclaimer you know what i'm about to say may be presenting some controversial uh, opinions here so anyway we'll start with that so mountaintop removal is a mining practice a coal mining practice uh that is a type of surface mining where the extraction of coal is um focused on these like smaller seams that are closer to the top of the mountain so in order to get them companies often remove most or all of the material above that and by material I mean soil and rocks and trees and animals and uh, whatever else is above there so as you might imagine (laughs) right that that paints a picture um, pretty accurate one it's pretty simple so you might imagine that's really destructive not just to that one site because once it's removed it has to go somewhere else so also to the places it needs to fill in and then you know the the entire process of mining coal 
processing it and all of that can lead to this whole cascade of um, toxins being released into the environment, which, you know, can be damaging to all of its inhabitants. So animals, plants, humans, whoever's here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, you know, this gets into the, the reasons, some of the reasons anyway, why so many people here are so sick and need a lot of help. Yeah. And um, you did ask about where we are right now. Right, yeah, yeah. So I'll mention that. So we are staying in the Judy Bond Center. um, And when I had lived here, there were kind of a whole bunch of different groups that were focused on environmental activism here. Um, And there's been some consolidation (laughs) since then. Hmm. Um, But anyway, we are in this building that um, has housed at least one or more of those organizations. Um, and it is um, a memorial to Judy Bond. She was um, a Goldman Award recipient and a really amazing woman that I had the privilege of knowing and working with, um, who certainly was the heart and soul of Coal River Mountain Watch, which is um, one of the like community activist organizations that I had interned with for a while, um, you know, amazing powerhouse of a woman who sadly uh passed away from lung cancer uh as so many people um do who live in this area Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah so there's the there's the direct um environmental and and like toxic uh exposure that people have here but one thing that i've i've been really impact or impacted by or made a big impact on me um was the awareness that with that shift to the mountaintop removal mining, a lot of people lost their jobs. So something like nine out of ten people, I understood. Well, you just don't need as many folks to run a mountaintop removal site as you do an underground coal mine. So there's not as many job opportunities mm-hmm. once you start to shift to that. Yeah, yeah. So I don't that. know the exact yeah. ratio. But, uh, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, but when I was here last year, we spoke with... Um, with junior a little bit and he was he was talking about how when he was young in this area it was like a lively town and there was a grocery store and a movie theater and people around and nowadays it's not quite looking like that um so yeah so just to to see the way that that sort of economic and like job opportunity loss has been a big impact on what people have access to you know it's a food desert here right now and uh, a medical care desert Absolutely. So, so you know, these are some of the reasons why we wanted to get get down here and have free clinics. And so, yeah. So this is our third year doing that, um, and we just had had a day today. We had a free clinic day and had some folks come by. It was nice to see some returners coming back. Yeah, we're super excited to see people coming back. Some at least one person for the third year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very excited to see them. Yeah. Um, well, so maybe we could talk just a little minute about that and about some of the kind of issues that we saw or things that we found that were helpful for folks in the area. Okay, yeah. Um, I'll start, Hannah, and then maybe you should take it, like, halfway somewhere. Sound good? Yeah. <laughs> that works. Okay. So, so yeah, so as I mentioned, this area, we see a lot of uh, environmental toxins affecting people. We also see that culminating with uh, lack of access to healthcare, and for some folks, a lack of access to good nutrition. Mm-hmm. And 
that's actually kind of a funny mixed bag here because we have a number of people who still have the skills to farm and wildcraft and preserve their food and hunt and things like that. Yep. And, you know, like those are the people we talk to in clinic where we're like, wow, like you're really doing pretty good. Like we're glad yeah. you came in today, but like, you know, you're doing great. What What's your secret? And they're like, oh yeah, well I hunt and I can and I grow my own stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's the folks who either don't have those skills, don't have time to do that, um, you know, and they're kind of stuck, like, you know, getting their groceries at Dollar General or Rite Aid or wherever is cheapest or fastest or on the way to work or whatever. Um, So, you know, thinking of all all of those factors together, we see a lot of gut problems. Um, We see a lot of chronic pain. Um chronic sleep issues especially because we do have a lot of folks who work the night shift here mm-hmm. um yeah i feel like everybody that i've spoken to who's come into clinic has been sleeping like four hours maybe yeah that seems like the norm mm-hmm. down here since we've started three years ago everybody mm-hmm. has sleep issues yeah yeah so yeah touching on um the gut issue that's what really got me the first time we came um i had a chance to sit down and talk with Dr. Kyla Helm for for a good while about um, gut health and in general just getting raw foods into your diet to help with all of these different things and a lot of the symptoms that we were seeing with people were because of underlying gut issues um, because there isn't a lot of access to raw foods unless they garden or unless they want to drive 45 minutes to an hour one way to mm. the grocery store that has raw food um or fresh vegetables yeah, yeah yeah instead of just you know going to the convenient place that is is accessible to them mm. um, locally so so we were excited to see that there is a small grocery store in whitesville now Hooray! that has some <laughs> it has some fruits and veggies available um so yeah that was a exciting. hopeful sign yeah, yeah mm-hmm. um so hopefully you know that's something that can be addressed that this community can get that back um, mm. But one thing that I really love is, I mean, not, this isn't an issue that we've been seeing, but like a positive thing that I really like talking to people about digging roots or mm. the, the plants that they saw their grandma using or they're all, their grandpa used to go dig this or all of your, you ever heard of yellow root? And I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, we use that. Come on in, come on in, sit down with us. Look at all these other plants. And, um, <laughs> Yeah, somebody asked me today if I've ever chewed on a raw yellow root in the woods, and yeah. they're like, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah we've yeah. done that. <laughs> yeah. So it's a nice way to to connect with people, you know, because before when we came down here, it was because of mountaintop removal activism, and it's more of a controversial issue, and it's a heated subject, but this is pretty neutral ground, and we can have a pretty chill conversation with folks and just talk about plants um which we love to talk about so yeah and connect to some to connect to some traditions you know yeah. some family stories yeah that's Absolutely. what i think is is a big one is that since so many people's relatives um do that or did that then we are able to talk to them and they're really open and happy and excited to take part in it and to you know to try it because they're it's something that's kind of familiar to them even if they don't do it themselves now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you guys want to talk about some plants? Yeah, I love so, about yeah. Plants. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so when we're we're like working with clients down here, 
you know, we like to try to focus on herbs that might be accessible to them because we are right now in the heart of one of the most biodiverse forests in the world, right? It's amazing. Um, constantly under threat and fighting for its life but it's here and it's amazing and uh you know a lot of the knowledge of how to find these plants is still here Mm. so when we're doing consultations what we've actually found is really fun um is we do this like interactive apothecary kind of setup where we bring folks over to where we're mixing up teas we show them what we've got. We have them touch it and smell it and mix it. And we talk about where it grows. If it doesn't grow here, is it easy to grow here? Do they garden? And try to make that really accessible. So some like some stuff that we find we talk about a lot. We talk about calendula a lot, mm-hmm. right? Especially with that gut health issue. And it's such a nice, gentle herb for the digestive system that I find like I, I'm pretty often saying, hey, like, how do you feel about calendula? Do you grow a garden? It grows really well just right next to your tomatoes. And um, and that's a nice one, too. It's, a, it's, it's also, like, a really pretty herb. And we bring out this bag and we say, hey, smell this and touch this and taste it and see what you think. And people really pretty positively react to yeah, that. Yeah, up. They light yeah. up, yeah. It's nice. It's a... Yeah, I love talking to folks about the plants that just grow in their yard naturally. Mm-hmm. So, oh, you ever heard of dandelion grease? You ever yeah. Eat dandelion grease? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard that's pretty good for you. Yeah, yeah. Go out there and pick some. Eat them, you know? <laughs> Get out there. Um, so dandelion, burdock, uh, flavors. Oh, um, yeah, plantain. I'm, I'm big into plantain. plantain. I love it. It's so... Yeah. I, I love introducing that one to people because it grows everywhere. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that thing? That's a weed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, damn right it is. <laughs> That means a resilient herb that you're not going to run out of. Right. I love it. <laughs> and not so much this year yet, right? We still have another clinic day, but definitely last year we um, ended up talking about wild lettuce a lot. Yeah. And incidentally, mm-hmm. it was really wet. It was summertime. And I remember right next to the building here, we had this, like, I don't know, nine-foot-tall lactuca plant (laughs) hanging out, watching the clinic happen. (laughs) Um, And the funny thing is, I you know, I don't know where all of you guys live out there in, like, podcast land, but, uh, you know, maybe the only time you see this plant is out of the crack of a sidewalk, but here, where we get a lot of rain, uh, wild lettuce grows like a skyscraper. And it is super strong and Mm -hmm. um, really amazingly resilient. And it just towers above um, everything else. And it's like, I don't know, this really triumphant plant here. And, you know, it was really nice to have some conversations with folks who had some chronic pain issues or sleep issues and say, hey, like, you know that weed? You've got it in your yard, right? Like, let's talk about how you can make a tincture. And I think... um, a like friend of ours who lives here then actually went home made a tincture and brought it back in to show us like what he, did. he was doing he did he gave us some yeah we, we took that home i saved that for special cases now because nice. it's it's a quality tincture <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one he made it in whiskey yes <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, good damn right yeah <laughs> it's the way to go mm-hmm. nice. so one of the things that we have needed to deal with here in free clinic today and in the last couple of years is that many folks who come in, um, they also do have a relationship with conventional medicine and as 
in many cases been an ongoing thing. They've had like a, a complex, you know, multi-layered chronic illness develop over many years, and that means lots of medications. So um, do you guys want to share any thoughts on like dealing with that kind of issue in a, in a free clinic setting? Sure. I mean, I've definitely sat in on a few folks today that were on medication and had to take medication for the symptoms from their other medication. And, you know, they, they were irritated because they even realized that the medication was just treating the symptoms. It wasn't treating any underlying cause. And they were hoping that they could come in and talk to us and we could give them some direction on what is actually the underlying thing that's that needs to be addressed instead of treating the symptoms with all these medications mm-hmm. and this trickle down effect of well now I have 10 medications that I have to take because of all these symptoms when I could have just treated the issue um, so it's nice to be able to sit down with folks and see you you know the overall health of their body and talk to them about their diet and talk to them about their sleep and talk to them about their lifestyle um, and see what we can do to help them with plants um, to, I mean, not take the place of medications, but to hopefully, you know, be less reliant on those medications. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a unique challenge um, and something that I don't face in my home community of doing consultations. And it really, it makes you think about what, you know, the whole way you're doing this consultation in a totally different light. So I I just remember last year, maybe even you were sitting in with this on me. Hmm. And I talked to this man, you know, we said, oh, are you on any medications? And he said, yeah, here's my list, which was awesome, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? Hey, if you're on a bunch of medications, maybe you should have a list in your wallet just in case if something happens to you. It's a good plan. It was a really good idea. (laughs) But anyway, and, and I looked at it and just thought, like, I do not know what any of these are. You know, we are not pharmacists. We, as as Rin and Katya say, we are not doctors, but we are especially also not pharmacists. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't know what these are, um, but that doesn't mean we can't work with this person. So, you know, that just means we look at that and say, cool, hey, it's really great that you've got this healthcare provider that you're working with. Can you tell me a little bit more about what these medications are doing for you? What does your doctor intend them to do for you? Um, and, and really digging into that and saying like, hey, wait a second, like, I don't know if that's the conventional use for this medicine. Do you know if that's an off-label use? Do you know if this is how this is normally used? Mm-hmm. And, and really just the providing as much honesty and transparency as you can and, you know, having no misgivings, like, we're not totally sure if all of these herbs do or don't interact with medication. There isn't a study for this particular herb or that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're never going to see a study that says no. if you're taking, you know, XYZ QRL pharmaceuticals <laughs> and you put, you know, these 10 herbs in a formula and give that in the context of this diet and this lifestyle, like you're never going to find that information. So you have to take and say, well, this is what we understand about what the herb does and how. This is what we understand about what the drugs you've got do and how and put that together and be cautious, you know, be careful. But at some point you have to try some things. Mm -hmm. And like Hannah said, also then having a really heavy focus on trying to, you know, do your interview really well and really thoroughly and try to help these folks think about their 
health problems in ways that help them really deeply understand it and be able to then make very smart lifestyle, dietary, you know, all that kind of recommendations outside of herbs and medication Mm -hmm. that then, you know, might help them if it's their goal to try and get off medication at some point, that's great. And if it's not, just have a better quality of life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also nice to have an outsider perspective. You tell them your lifestyle and your daily routine and they can give you recommendations that you don't necessarily think of for yourself of, oh, you know what? Maybe I do need to establish a better sleep routine of getting ready for bed earlier and putting Mm -hmm. away the devices and making a nice little pot of tea and calming down and, oh yeah, maybe that actually will help me get to sleep a little quicker. Um, So just having somebody take the time to sit there and talk to you and actually care about some things that could help you um aside from plants just making these recommendations like hey you know sleep is good you know maybe you should eat some more vegetables Mm -hmm. you eat some more vegetables that that'd be kind of good so yeah or just or just saying like hey you know it sounds like when we've talked about exercise it's something you're really like you don't think you can do but let's think about it a different way like do you have you know a patch of wildflowers like 40 steps from your house most people around here do why don't you walk there and smell the flowers and walk back twice a day like Mm -hmm. hey that counts as exercise like do you vacuum your house (laughs) you know do you have kids that you chase all day that counts as exercise (laughs) yeah Laura. i I was just saying a lot of people don't realize the small things that they do or don't do in their daily life that really can have a strong impact on their health and the way things are going and so we don't want to you know, I mean, of course, if you if you need a medication for something, but we, we don't want you to stop taking it if it's, you know, I mean, we, we certainly don't want to take the place of your doctor. But if there are things that you can do, um, especially if you've been living with a, you know, all or nothing kind of approach to, you know, exercising or eating healthy, um, if you can make small changes in any area of your life that make a difference, a lot of people don't really think of it that way. And so having someone go, hey, well... You know, taking your kids around more would would help you. (laughs) (laughs) That will make things better for you. And they go, yeah, I didn't really think of it that way. But yes, I I think I can. And then that little thing can make a really big difference. Yeah, there's a study that I really liked. And um, there was a sort of a, like a a summary, you know, like science director, like some some site like that, that had a a little summary of it. And And their headline was like, taking the stairs and raking the yard is just as good as going to the gym. And I was like, yes. And now let's think about climbing a tree and like crawling on all fours and getting some other kind of movement in your life and yeah, like if you play. Don't have time to go to the gym. There's all sorts of things you can do to move your body well mm-hmm. that can be a really great workout for you. So yeah. you know, yeah. one of our one of our team members here has a 14 year old son, and he. Uh, shanghaied me a couple of times today to go and like <laughs> climb up climb all over the playgrounds and like jump on things and sort of like play a little like uh parkour games here and there and i was like yes thank you like i need a prod for this and i like to move around you know like you just like take that opportunity when it presents itself yeah really good um yeah but you know that came up a bunch of times that idea that uh that the herbs can do a lot on their own, but there's also places where they can just help people to establish good habits, like with the sleep herbs, where we give them instructions and they say, this is how you're going to take it. 
You're going to, you know, figure out when you want to go to bed, which is the great first step. Right? <laughs> and then an hour before that time, you start with the pulse dosing. So you take a small amount of your sleep tincture, you wait a half hour, you take another. Now you wait another half hour. Now it's actually bedtime. You take your last dose, you go to bed. So that, that does make the herbs themselves work better. But it also reminds people like, oh, I'm trying to go to bed soon. You know, and then they're more likely to turn the lights down or get away from the TV or the phone or whatever else. Um, and there, I think there was another example kind of like that. Maybe yeah. around food. Um, I think we were talking about panic attacks. Mm. We With the breathing, yeah, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah so I was um, actually counseling like a student herbalist who was trying to figure out something for a friend of hers at home um, who has pretty frequent panic attacks. So, you know, I was talking about the importance of you know, we had spent all this time talking about the herbs and which herbs and what was appropriate. And kind of at the end of it, I said, hey, you know what's almost more important than whatever herbs we put in here? Because, you know, this person isn't here with us. I can't really ask them all these energetic questions and things like that. We're just not totally going to know also until they try it. Yeah. But what's more important is that you give them a routine that's going to help regardless of whether the herbs do. So say with a panic attack, And, you know, we've got this blend of, you know, nervines that might help um, and hopefully will. But we're going to give instructions like, okay, so you take a, when you feel this panic coming on or anxiety or whatever the first warning signs of this panic attack are and you get used to knowing what those first signs are, you take, you know, say half a dropper full and then you take... You know, and I, I talked about a couple different breathing exercises, but we'll just for the sake of simplicity say, so then you take 10 breaths and you start from one and you count up to 10 and then you take another half dropper full and then take five breaths and then another half dropper full and just have this whole routine, write it on the back of the bottle if you have to. So it's in her pocket all the time mm-hmm. and something that is regular and reliable and that in itself without the herbs should really help to calm her body and her mind during a panic attack yeah i love strategies like that they're they're so good you know they they just get all the pieces coming together and that that makes me really happy yeah me too (laughs) yeah right on cool um let's see any other thoughts y'all want to share yeah so we uh you know, we talked about the, that we have these kind of unique challenges here, and if you live in West Virginia, it won't surprise you to hear that we have a very significant substance abuse problem in this state. Um, so I'm going to invite you guys to chime in with me also on this. I'm talking kind of a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hardly West Virginia, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's all over, and it's it's mm-hmm. in it's in any community anywhere at this point. You know, it's maybe not as visible in some places, but. It is around. It's the thing I've, I've seen a lot of herbalists trying to grapple with, you know, in the last bunch of years. I think it's a really big problem because there's kind of, there's still a stigma where you shouldn't have, you shouldn't do it. It's bad, it's negative, it's wrong, you're a bad person. Um, and people really need to wake up and realize that this kind of a problem can affect anyone of any lifestyle anywhere. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's, it's not a criminal person that's, you know, doing this. It, it could be anyone that you know. It could be a member of your family, and you might not even realize it. And so mm-hmm. one really important step would be to kind of take that stigma away 
and focus on, okay, well, what can we do about this problem? Because as we look at the numbers, it's obviously a really big deal. And, you know, the more we learn about it, the more we realize how widespread it is and trying to come up with a problem that isn't just, well, it's bad. You know what I mean? You really have to find some other way to look at it before you can even, you know, begin to tackle it. We just, there's just so much that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Uh, that I feel like any step we could take to move in, in a positive direction would be a really good one. Yeah. Definitely. I like to think of, I mean, it's a really hard topic and it's a really sad thing. Um, but to think of it in the way that the past few times we've been coming down here, we see a whole lot of chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, chronic pain is a very big thing in this area. In West Virginia, we have very hard working folks that work all the time. Um, health insurance is not a, a big thing around here, and healthcare is not, I mean, it's, it's a scarce thing too. So, you know, to deal with the pain, you have to go to different routes, and sometimes it leads you on a different path than what, you know, you would like. Mm-hmm. But um, that's one, yeah, that's one thing that I'm happy that we can help with in our clinics is that chronic pain issue to maybe give some type of alternative to folks that yeah and we've had some we've had some decent successes with that and you know the approach that that i tend to take anyway and i'd love to hear how you guys think about it i mean i've seen some of your formulas and all that but you know (laughs) like it's it's usually a combination thing it's like um let's get something topical to rub into the places that it hurts the most Mm -hmm. you know um often a, a liniment like my sort of standard liniment is going to be with some Solomon seal and maybe some St. John's wort oil, maybe some willow bark. Um, I like to get a little touch of cayenne and lobelia in there. Mm-hmm. Um, a few other things might show up, but like something topical. Either that or like the sprain and strain salve we've been using so much. Yeah, yeah we just need a fresh batch today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's a bunch of heating herbs. Yeah. Um, how'd you make it today? Okay, let me think. <laughs> yeah, let's put you I on spot or anything. I did make some substitutions today. Well, usually so... Let's see, I've definitely got cayenne in there. So mm-hmm. today I had, so in case you're they, like, how can I make a salve at home? I used a little crock pot today that kind of magically has the right temperature on warm, and I had to, like, experiment with all the crock pots I had with thermometers. But anyway, so I have <laughs> this little one that travels with me and is just for salve. A good recommendation if you're making salve, just stick to one set of pots and utensils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I start definitely with cayenne. Uh, I had some yarrow, St. John's Wort oil I threw in there. Um, let me think. Willow? Did you say willow? Yeah, yeah. I think I put willow in. Did, Did you put lobelia in there? No, we are out of lobelia. <laughs> I would have liked to. Um, I put comfrey. Uh... And I know I put juniper and ginger essential oils at the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I put another... Oh, and arnica. I definitely had arnica in there. Oh, I may have had one or, one or two other things, but um, it's yeah. kind of the gist of it. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, like, the, the topical side, and then something internally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and sometimes that's with herbs to directly get at the plane. Something like Jamaican dogwood. Sometimes we might put some ghost pipe into there. Right. And sometimes we find that it's not actually, like, the pain itself that's the issue, but it's that the pain keeps them from sleeping. Definitely. Or the pain keeps them from X, Y, or Z. Right. And they might not 
really want something to directly address that pain, but they want something to be able to function during certain times of the day or the week or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, so if it's, like, pain is interfering with sleep, then, you know, my go-to there is wild lettuce. Yeah, Um, I really like passion flower, too. Those mix pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and then, you know, sometimes it's also just, like, we need to get the blood moving in the body again. We need to get it out to the the periphery. So things like uh, prickly ash... Sometimes Damiana, you know, cayenne, once again, it's pretty, pretty keystone <laughs> yeah. herb there, you know. Um, yeah, things like that to get it moving. And um, and then it's after that, it's just looking at the person and their patterns. You know, if there's mm-hmm. a lot of stagnation, maybe we drain some fluids. If they're really dry, maybe we get some more moisture into the body. Yeah, and let me say that this approach doesn't change whether or not somebody is on you know, a prescription painkiller or not a prescription painkiller. Like if they're getting opioids off the street, we do not change our approach for them. We still, you know, go through this full clinical and try to get at what's the heart of their, you know, what's their chief complaint? What's really keeping them from functioning? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and what's the best way that we can work with them to help them heal. So, you know, if we're looking at somebody that, um, say, is taking something for their pain that's not a prescription and they've got this abusive problem with it, you know, often we're looking at, like, well, hey, how can we help you get more micronutrients, too? Like, you know, but but with that, instead of just saying, hey, here's this great tea with oat straw and nettle and whatever, you know, here you go, we do have to ask the questions, like, do you have somewhere to procure this? Right is this a thing that you can do is to sit down and make a tea every day? You know, because the only clean, safe space that they might have to prepare food might not be somewhere that they're welcome anymore. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that presents a challenge too where we're like, all right, so maybe teas are out. Maybe alcoholic tinctures are out. If you do have a substance abuse problem, can we make a glycerite? Maybe we can walk them through making their own, like, molasses based like um supplement with a bunch of nutrients in it um maybe like a honey infusion you know something that works for them because you know they despite whatever drug problems they might have despite whatever they've done because of that they're still humans that deserve our care Mm -hmm. and that's something i really loved about the clinic was that when we had people that said, you know, I, I can't go here or I can't necessarily go see my doctor because I don't want them to know that this is what I'm doing, we were still able to treat them like a person and, and give them, you know, something that would really be truly beneficial to them, even if they had been unable to or afraid to seek help elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good work. Well, uh... Maybe we should talk a little about our plan for tomorrow, because that's going to be a bit different from what we've done in previous years. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're going to drive up the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so what's going on up there? They've been up there this weekend, right? Yeah, Rance is hosting their fall summit up on Caper Mountain, um, a place that is near and dear to all of our hearts. Um, and it's nice to go back up to Caper. Don't get there very often. Uh, but it's a very great place to see mountaintop removal mining up close Mm. um, and really get a look at the scale of the mountaintop removal operations Mm. Uh, because 
you know, you can see pictures and you can see video of it. Um, you but can, you can you see it on the satellite there, photos from the maps and things. Yeah, but until I mean, you it's... actually stand there and you're looking out into this, you know, wasteland and then you see a telephone pole out there that looks like a little tiny toothpick, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, this is enormous. And it's a this, big deal. You know, it is a big deal, yeah. Um, so, Mo, would you like to talk about Kayford? Sure, I can talk about it a little bit. So, uh, another uh, late friend of ours, Larry Gibson, uh, used to live up on top of Kayford Mountain. And uh, when they started surface mining up there, you know, he began this organization called Keepers of the Mountains in order to uh, educate folks about what what was going on. And he would travel and bring big tour groups in and walk them right up to the edge of the mine site and um (laughs) anyway another total spitfire personality um that we are really sad to have lost in the last couple years um but anyway so his family is continuing the work through keepers of the mountain and um they're you know working with the um our friends at ramps and they're having this fall summit in order to educate folks about what's going on over here um see if they can organize something with them some kind of protest or something um sometimes follows and so what we're gonna do since we have a whole bunch of wonderful folks that are freezing their butts off on top of the mountain this weekend (laughs) um, because they're camping on a mountaintop in October in West Virginia, which sometimes is a really pleasant experience, and sometimes you get frostbite. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, we're looking at, we're looking at like forties <laughs> daytime tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's been really solidly in the thirties at night. Yeah. Um, There's a freeze watch, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so anyway, we're toasty in this building right now, but we're gonna get up nice and early um, and drive all of our herbs up a pretty crazy road. It's gonna be a good adventure. Rin is giving me a funny look right now. I wish you guys could see it. It's gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we are going to set up a clinic in an old army tent where we may or may not have heat. Uh, we like will sort of have electricity maybe in the pavilion, probably not in the tent. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll have to kind of play all of that sort of thing by ear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and and so we'll be running this clinic without a lot of our creature comforts and without um, those ways to help folks. And, you know, we're going to be dealing with a lot of very cold um, activists, you know. <laughs> maybe, maybe haven't been prioritizing self-care for a little while totally it's a pretty mm-hmm. common thing <laughs> um yeah. yeah and and hopefully you know we can help them with whatever whatever they'd like us to yeah i'm feeling excited about this because you know supporting the people who are on the ground you know putting themselves on the line or putting themselves in front that's always a really nice nice feeling it's a it's a nice way to kind of magnify your efforts you know Get a little multiplier going on in there. So, yeah, that should be fun. And uh, presumably we should, like, sleep tonight, so probably wrap it up there. (laughs) Um, Is there any particular way that you'd like for folks to get in touch with you all, Uh, support the work that you guys are doing in in your own communities and down here? 
Yeah, you can send us a Facebook message. I hate <laughs> to say it, but it's kind of the easiest way to get in touch with our organization. So um, you can look for West Virginia Herbal Medics on Facebook. Um, and probably one of us in the room here will be responding if you send us a message. And uh, we pretty reliably send out announcements about stuff we're doing on there, ways to get involved. Um, well, I personally prefer mail by a carrier pigeon. Um, <laughs> but Facebook works too. Um, yeah. I was going to say owls, but you know. Oh, yes. Yeah. They're, I mean, pigeons, owls, hawks. <laughs> Any of the above, really, if you want to send me stuff. Whatever species you would like to use. Any bird you'd like to send me, I'm very comfortable with that arriving at my house. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, do. you've got that, you got that handled. Yeah. Uh, yes, my plant friends have questions. That's please. Perfect. <laughs> nice. But in all seriousness, yes, uh, please do reach out to us if, uh, if there's anything that we could help with. Nice. Yeah. All right, well... Thanks very much. It was great to talk to you. And for you all out there in podcast lands, thanks for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.